Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to Missing. I am Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? Doing fantastic. Uh, we are recording this the day after Independence Day, July 4th, uh, Treason Day, as I like to call it. I think there's um, <laughs> some truth to that and uh, feels good. I don't know. Feels good. I, I'm not a big fan of Monday holidays. You know, you get right. the Monday off. If you're going to give me the long weekend, give me the Friday, because now it just throws the whole week off. But this is uh, good to be back. Other than that, I guess I'm doing well. Um, but the dangling chat of a question is, how are you? <laughs> Thank you, Lance. I, You know, I'm doing fine. We are back with another one of these episodes. It's a missing updates episode, and we got some of our fine audience chiming in with suggestions for titling for this format of episode and I definitely want to read that in just a moment or two um, but before we do I want to mention our most recent episodes Lance last week we spoke with Pulitzer Prize winner Maggie Freeling superstar journalist who uh, was a part of the disappearance of Maura Murray docuseries on oxygen as were we and so we, we don't talk about more Murray in that interview, um, the recent one, but we did talk about how Maggie won a Pulitzer Prize and uh, the team at Futuro and Suave Gonzalez, they won a Pulitzer Prize in audio journalism for the podcast Suave, which is uh, just incredible. And I hope everyone checks out that episode with Maggie Freeling. We definitely goof off a little bit. I feel like we have... I don't know if big brother vibes to Maggie Freeling is kind of the right way to put that, but we, you know, she's, she's a good friend. We can't let her have such, we can't let her achieve such a high level of professionalism without, uh, riding those coattails and I guess making fun of her or trying to make fun of her in some way. It's not every day that someone comes into your life and you, have a uh, you have a connection with a friendship with especially the way Maggie came into our lives by being with us for the 
incredible journey we went on as the production of the disappearance of Maura Murray was happening. We were a part of that in real time and we were experiencing something for the first time collectively uh, and including Art Roderick. You know, he was sort of the father figure in that group of people that were working on the show as far as the people that were in front of the camera like us and Maggie and it was an incredible experience and since then we've all remained friends and we always knew that Maggie was going to be destined for greatness and to receive the Pulitzer Prize is the highest honor in journalism and she truly deserves it because she puts herself out there she doesn't care what she's getting herself into as long as the truth is out there. She's working hard to make sure that journalism always maintains that level of integrity, that you're you're only putting the truth out there for the purpose of informing the public. And she totally deserves it. That whole team deserves it. Suave deserves it. And if you haven't listened to Death by Incarceration, go back and check out his other podcast that he does with Kevin McCracken. He took his experiences from prison uses them in his current situation to network get people on the show to talk about how to reform the judicial system this insane epidemic of people being not only i mean wrongfully accused yes but these sentences for individuals who are put in prison when they're 17 18 19 years old that's you know, 60 year sentences. So by the time you get out, it's basically you've got a, you, you have a death sentence and he wants to change that. And he's even worked with President Joe Biden's daughter, Ashley Biden, who is working, interestingly enough, to make changes in that system, even though her father is responsible, partially responsible for how strict these sentencing, uh, how strict the sentencing is. Um, with what he did back in, I think, the 80s and 90s. Um, but anyway, super long, sorry, long-winded way to say Maggie is at the forefront of this new, or not new way to be a journalist, but she's at she's at the forefront of how current journalism should be done and reporting should be done. Yeah. So good for her. Big round of applause. And, and check out that interview because it's hilarious. We give her a little bit of, we do rib her a little bit about her Pulitzer. And to be clear, we we do not have a Pulitzer. You and I, we do. <laughs> no, not. I I'd like to think we have honorary Pulitzers though, just because yeah. we're friends with Maggie. So I'll, I'll I'll put that on my email signature. Pulitzer adjacent, <laughs> honorary Pulitzer winner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honorary Pulitzer. And she's got other <laughs> podcasts too. She's got oh, wrongful yeah. conviction. Did you already say that? I didn't say that. No, no. We can. Yeah, the, the audience can check that out. Wrongful Conviction. That is a a great show that Maggie's doing, and Jason Flom all, also does uh, does work on that show. And he seems like a real force of nature. We don't know him yet, but uh, you know, maybe we'll get to know him at some point. But Maggie talks about him a little bit uh, glowingly in um, in mm-hmm. the interview. And uh, Lance is a comment here on YouTube from Jen. Jen says, Maggie is a boss. She is amazing. I first got to know her on the Maura Murray documentary. Hashtag Maura Murray. Lance, what do you think Art Roderick would say if he listened to that interview and heard Maggie say that she was smoking a blunt in a hot tub when she learned that she won a Pulitzer Prize? I'm chilling out in a hot tub, smoking a blunt, having the best time. And I get a text that's like, congrats. And I was like, what are you even talking about? 
and they're like, they just announced the Pulitzers. And I like choked and almost drowned and like kind of got really dizzy and was like, what do you mean? And then they sent me a screenshot of the tweets. They were announcing it in tweets. So like people who were on Twitter were seeing them announce it and then someone sent it to me and I was just like, what the hell? Like I couldn't, I like dropped my phone and my friend was like, what's going on? And picked up my phone and was like, you really, what? Is this real? And I was like, I don't know, is it real? It was real. I have never fainted in my life, but that was the closest I got. Like I got really dizzy and like, I was like, I gotta get out of this hot tub. You know, and I was obviously really high smoking up. Like I was not in a position to be finding out this news. It was crazy. What do I think Art Roderick would say? He would probably chuckle and shake his head and say something to the effect of, well, that's Maggie. Like he would expect nothing less. What do you, what do you think he would say? No, I think that's that's pretty much yeah. I think you 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 mentioned kind of like a new form of journalism a couple of minutes ago, and I feel like that really uh, is encapsulates Maggie. Um, I don't think that's an old school journalism uh, type of thing necessarily, um, but definitely part of the new school where you work hard and play hard, and uh, you know Maggie is um, very much all about that. And Lance, we are hitting the road with Maggie Freeling this August, this summer 2022 with Maggie Freeling and Patrick Hines of True Crime Obsessed. I can't wait for this tour. I know. I can't wait either. We've been talking about doing a tour with these folks for years because the chemistry that we have together, even when we do recorded shows uh, for the, you know, for the podcast, uh, it's a great feeling. It's a great chemistry. And the conversation is always so fast moving and so funny. I just think taking that on stage is a no brainer. And we finally were able to put it all together after COVID, after seeing how it would work with a couple of Maybe they weren't test shows, but we did a couple of live shows around the same subject matter, the the docu-series that we were talking about, The Disappearance of Moore Murray. So we did a couple of test shows, one in New York, one in Boston. They went really well, and they decided to pull the trigger on this, and they have booked out a series of cities here, and we are at five cities, and we are starting on Wednesday, August 3rd in Orlando, Florida, and then we're going to Hotlanta, Georgia, Saturday, August 6th, and... Then off to uh, cool St. Paul, Minnesota, and that is on the 18th. And then Dallas on Saturday, August 20th, and then Houston on Sunday, August 21st. And you can get your tickets at truecrimeobsessed.com. And we're not just doing this episode to have an ad here for the uh, live shows. We really do believe that if you are close to any of those cities, please go. I mean, these are incredible shows, and it does a lot to support the community that is ah responsible for delivering uh, keeping these cases out there i know it's a comedy show but it it keeps the visibility on everything that we do so the just you know the support alone is uh super helpful yeah it sure is and lance on monday just yesterday we released part one of a two-part interview with papa bill thomas of the Mind Over Murder podcast, and we affectionately call him Papa Bill over here. And uh, so he does the Mind Over Murder podcast with his friend Kristen Dilley. She also runs the Colonial Parkway Murders Facebook group, and I will uh, pop the link in the show notes for that. But 
We have a two-part conversation with Bill. The first part, we speak a little bit about, I guess, how he handles tips, any tips that come in, because he is a... He is the brother of Kathy Thomas, one of the victims of the Colonial Parkway series of murders. And in part two that airs on Thursday, July 7th, we get much more into the mystery and the murders. In part one, we talk a little bit about their process, a little bit about their podcast. And then we talk a little bit about CrimeCon 2022 as well. What is now going to go down as a historical moment at CrimeCon where Bill Thomas was missing for a period of time. And while in the moment it was a bit nerve-wracking and a lot of uh, empathy was put forward when people didn't know where Bill was, there was a lot of concern. Mm -hmm. When you hear the actual story of his disappearance it's good to have a sense of humor about that. It's good to laugh about that. Part of what we're doing is uh, laughing in relief that everything was okay and it wasn't a serious situation. And people's reaction to it, I think, shows that everyone truly does care about each other, especially at CrimeCon. Um, but there was like irony to it. You know, everyone's at CrimeCon, they're talking about true crime, talking about missing people. And Bill Thomas goes missing. So why not, if we're going to talk about it, make light of it? I think <laughs> I think it's perfectly fine. And I think a lot of people are going to be entertained by it. But at the same time, you can appreciate the concern that everyone showed for Bill. Right. Yeah, there was a genuine concern uh, that evening. Um, and then it got really funny when we realized where bill was or when or when it was uncovered where bill uh you know i guess he was exactly where he was supposed to be um which was kind of the funny part of it and then i guess rehashing the moments of uncertainty are yeah. just like awkwardly funny now and i i really enjoy it and uh, i hope our audience does too and we're not trying to make light of missing people of course um you know this is we we talk about missing people all the time so maybe it's a little bit of gallows humor i guess lance um that we sort of dive into this um version of a missing person story with a uh, a happy ending and and kind of some laughs along the way um but yeah no it it was it was definitely a serious thing that evening and uh lance we're going to unpack this a little bit more this friday on uh, on a live show with Bill Thomas and Rebecca Sebastian from the Dialogue podcast and Yellow Tape Trivia. Hopefully Shiloh, Dr. Shiloh of LA Not So Confidential can join us on Friday at 3 p.m. as well because uh, that's going to be fun to unpack that. And she was a part of that conversation that we had with Rebecca that evening um, that we spoke about in episode one um, with Bill Thomas just uh, just this week, uh, episode that aired on July 4th. And Rebecca's being a good sport about it. We had emailed and spoke with her to make sure that she would be okay with coming on a live show to fully unpack her side of the story because, as you said, there was concern that night, but now we can look back on it with a bit of gallows humor, and that's fine because everyone should see what the conversation will be between her and Bill. <laughs> because we've heard one side of it and we've heard the other side of, of it separately. And yeah. to debut this live 
and have the two of them really fully explain their side of the story is a perfect button up to the incident that is now notorious. Yeah, I do feel like there's going to be some fireworks. Uh, there's going to be some uh, some intensity during that live show. I really can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Embrace the awkward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is Andrew from the Scary Mysteries podcast, where every single week we dive into insane and creepy true crime compilations on Mondays. And on Wednesdays, we have our Twisted News episodes, where we get you up to speed on the most terrifying and strange news stories currently happening all around the world. We're covering the topics you want to hear about. Missing persons, killers, UFOs, and more. Best of all, we don't waste your time with any fluff or fillers. Just stray to the true crime details. So go check out the Scary Mysteries podcast, and I'll see you there. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. Lance, we had a couple of comments on YouTube for part one of our conversation with Bill Thomas. Luciana says, it wouldn't surprise me if the person or persons responsible for a murder slash missing person listened to the podcast or YouTube channels as well as followed the social media accounts that discusses them. And uh, and that comes, that was, I guess, prompted from a part of that conversation where Bill mentions that he was told by the FBI that uh, the, the killer of his sister likely listens to his podcast and follows what he does on social media. I think that's so fascinating. We even talked about this a little bit with uh, Jason Futch when we had this uh, gentleman, Jason Futch, on to discuss Rashonda and Detra McGuire. Detra McGuire is missing. Rashonda was her two-year-old daughter who was murdered, but something stood out to me that I didn't realize fascinated me so much until we unpacked it just a little bit. And Bill unpacks it here as well, and I think maybe we can put that out to the listeners. Is this a topic that really does fascinate people? The fact that somebody who can be the most significant person of interest can listen to your show, can comment on it, uh, and what happened with Jason Futch is he mentions that he friended the the most likely person responsible for Detra and Rashonda. And I had to clarify with him, like, you friended him on Facebook? And he said, yeah, but he didn't accept. And he's putting pictures up. And I just think that's a wild thing that somebody is putting themselves out there like that. And it's a wild concept for me to think that Bill Thomas can talk about the murder of his sister and then law enforcement can confidently tell him hey if if the person's out there if they're still alive they're most likely listening to this it's probably reached them what a what a weird wild thing to take with you in bill's in you know from bill's perspective like you can possibly be speaking directly to the person who murdered your sister and got away with it wild yeah yeah it is wild yeah and and Definitely something we've heard over the years as uh, something that, um, you know, guilty parties do. 
um, after they commit the, a murder, I, I suppose, is uh, sort of consume the media on it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's definitely eerie. Um, yeah, I mean, I wonder how many how many killers have heard episodes we've done, Lance. I guess it's an unanswerable question at this moment. We have no answer for that question. <laughs> we could guess. Maybe suspected. We could suspect a certain number, but that would be reckless of us to proceed with uh, any sort of um, <laughs> confidence. And I got to say, Bill handles himself so well. And I think a lot of that has to do with what he's done professionally in his life previous to hosting a podcast, producing a podcast, that he knows how to articulate, he knows how to compose himself. I know it's been a long time since his sister was murdered, but that's tough. Like, how long does it go? It can never get... It, it, it can't be less raw today than it was when it first happened because now what he does is talk about it. And and not every single episode of Mind Over Murder is about the Parkway uh, serial killer or his sister, but it's all in that same universe. So he's always thinking about it. He's always talking about it. And a lot of people just put Band-Aids on that and ho- hope that it, those wounds heal. And he's mm-hmm. not. Like, he's literally, like, reopening wounds on a daily basis. Yeah, you're right. And he handles himself so well. Yeah, he absolutely does, and he's sort of taken on a leadership role for the the yeah. surviving family members of uh, the Colonial Parkway uh, murder victims. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, so definitely check out Mind Over Murder, and uh, you can find that at mindovermurderpodcast.com. It is a, uh, a great show. Yes. Okay, so let's get into some of the YouTube comments from our last Missing Updates episode. And let's see, Primate Productions here says, you guys are too much. I so appreciate every episode y'all do. Thank you very much, Primate Productions. We appreciate you. Yeah, I like the name too. Yeah. Maybe something like this, says Brianna Lee. Missing in America, recent updates. And then she goes on, or Missing in America, colon, updated. It's pretty good. I like that. Missing in America, MIA, is a good way to abbreviate Missing in America. Mm. True. Also stands for missing in action, which yeah could be good or bad, I guess. Um, the the only problem I I don't want it to limit the uh, the cases that we talk about, right? Because sometimes we t- we you know just a few episodes ago I we talked about um, Elnaz Hajj Tamiri who went missing yeah. in Canada. So uh, you know that, but that's on the short list. I would say thank you, Brianna, for the suggestion. Yeah, I I get it. Um, missing in America. We could then fold that over to missing in Canada, missing in Mexico, missing in Sweden. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. There could be no end. Could be no and, end to it. <laughs> Mita Davis says, Crawl Space, The Missing, and Updates. I think that's interesting. A little bit of a uh, cross-promotion of our other podcast, Crawl Space. Yeah. News of The Missing, says PJ Veto or Veto. And Rhonda says maybe missing in the news. Missing in the news. Crawl space, like the that. missing, and updates. Yeah. Evan says updates of the missing. News on our missing from PJ. Jeez, I think missing in the news might be my knee-jerk reaction favorite 
suggestion here on these YouTube comments, but I'm not sure yet. Missing in the news? I don't know. Maybe. I just just my knee jerk reaction. No one likes a jerk of a knee. <laughs> my knee is such a jerk. <laughs> if ever there was a jerk of a knee, it's yours. So great, great suggestions here, everybody. Keep them coming. We're so close. I feel like these are just teetering on the peripheral of that bullseye that is the perfect name. So we're getting there. We're Yeah. We're teetering. We're right in that push. ballpark. Yeah. See, I think we we sort of shifted from the word news, thinking maybe news isn't a great word for this podcast. Updates is a good word, I think, but we also don't want to make it seem like there's some grand update every episode because sometimes there's they're very small updates or sometimes updates are the YouTube comments, um, right. as, as we uh, discussed in our last uh, one of these episodes. Missing. Solved. <laughs> See, I, I think, think that's that a perfect might, one. <laughs> might be misleading, I feel like. Might, might be misleading, <laughs> but we could solve anything. It's true. Solved. A math solved. problem. A math problem, right, yep. right. And Lance, on Thursday, July 14th, we are releasing our episode on the disappearance of Tabitha Queen. Very tragic case. Tabitha went missing from Bastrop, Louisiana. And if you have any information, please call 318-281-1322. And she's been missing since May 9th of 2021, a black female, date of birth, April 21st, 1992. So that would make her 30 years old. She was 29 when she went missing. Five foot four inches between 200 and 230 pounds. And you said tragic and it's, it is tragic. This one really speaks to the community, not only the community that she lives in, the tiny town of Bathstrip, Louisiana, but her community of friends and family who are now living with the fact that Justice has not been served in her disappearance when there's multiple pieces of evidence pointing in a direction that we hope law enforcement is going down. And everything moves behind the scenes here at Private Investigations for the Missing. And we know that there's some major or minor developments and really can't wait to have an update episode on Tabitha, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there seems to be some video footage of someone who, dr I guess, dropped off Tabitha's car. And, uh, of course, Tabitha is missing. So that person in that video is a person of interest. Uh, but I, I believe they're unidentified at this moment, at least publicly. So there seems to be some uh, action behind the scenes, possibly, that we're really not privy to. But... Um, this case came in to private investigations for the missing. You can find out more about what they do at investigationsforthemissing.org. And so I, I hope there's something to talk about on an update episode very soon. Yeah. And we'll put a link in the show notes to Gray Hughes's video on YouTube. Gray Hughes does a great job breaking down the video that you just spoke of and I can't like verbalize it because you have to see this video, but check it out. We'll have the link in the show notes. And again, Gray Hughes did a great job and we referenced that in the episode as well. And Lance, another case that came in by way of private investigations for the missing is Blake Chappelle. 
And this is a two-part episode that we're releasing on July 25th and July 28th. And this is not a missing person. Unfortunately, his body was found two months after he went missing. Blake was 17 when he was murdered. And if you have any information on that case, please call 770-254-2355. And Blake was killed in 2011. He disappeared in October of 2011, and his body was found in December. And you mentioned that this one is not a missing person case, but it did come in through private investigations for the missing. And our researcher on this one was Kathleen. And you can hear Kathleen talk about what this particular tragedy did to her as she was researching it, how it really stood out. We have a uh, researcher roundtable episode coming up on August 1st, Monday, August 1st, and we go around the uh, horn and we talk about different cases, ones that are coming up, ones that stood out, ones that they recently worked on, where they're at, like emotionally with each one of them. And Kathleen really just, you could read it in her voice. You could hear it in her voice. You could read it on her face that this one was, this one was unlike any other one that she had researched because Blake just seemed like a cool kid. He just he was a kid. He was 17 years old. And there's a moment where we're talking about how he was caught in the bedroom the the night of his murder. He was caught in the bedroom of his girlfriend and they weren't doing anything. They were just talking. And Kathleen mentions that the parents weren't like super mad at him, but he had like hightailed it out of there. And he was texting with his girlfriend and his girlfriend's mom, just saying, like, how sorry he was. He was super embarrassed and, you know, being very remorseful for being in that situation and putting his girlfriend in that situation and just being a person who the parents would get mad at. And I don't know about Kathleen's, like, personal life, but it just sounded to me in her voice like it resonated, like if she knows somebody like Blake and is thinking about like things that that person did that's similar to Blake. Again, he was 17 years old and seemed to have a good head on his shoulders and just seemed to be a cool kid. Um, so check out that August 1st and you can, you can hear the behind the scenes of what this particular research assignment, uh, the effect that that had on Kathleen. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Have you made the switch to Nick's? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X.com. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. And Lance, we wanted to feature a disappearance case here today as we do on every episode of these Missing Updates episodes. Still yet to be uh, officially titled. Missing Solved. 
<laughs> and uh, so, Lance, th- this one is is an older case. Michelle Ashley Nicolau went missing on November 1st, 1988 from Holyoke, Massachusetts. She's a white female, and she was born on October 18th, 1966, and she was only 22 when she went missing, 5'4", somewhere between 100 and 160 pounds, brown hair and brown eyes, two piercings in each ear. And the reason why Michelle is on our radar and has been on our radar for a while is because she lived with her common-law husband, Michael Nicolau. And Michael Nicolau, for better or worse, is the main suspect in the Connecticut River Valley killings that happened between 1978 and 1988. And for anybody who is not aware, we are working on a new production, a new podcast called Dark Valley that covers the victims and works directly with Jane Borowski, who is the last attack victim of the Connecticut River Valley killer by all accounts. And she survived the attack. She survived 27 stab wounds. She was seven months pregnant. Her daughter survived. And she's ready to tell her story. And she's ready to tell the stories of the other victims that fell at the hands of this individual. We haven't really formulated much of a public opinion on whether or not Michael Nicolau, in our eyes, is in fact the Valley Killer. However, he was abusive. He did marry, or the the common law marriage, common law wedding of Michelle Ashley, and she is missing. And he did run off to Florida and subsequently murdered his wife at the time, his ex-wife at the time, and stepdaughter, and then himself. Had a standoff with law enforcement and shot her, shot the daughter, and then shot himself. So that's why we wanted to feature Michelle Ashley, because our work on the Valley killings for Dark Valley leads us to Jane Borowski, leads us to Michael Nicolau, leads us to Michelle Ashley. Yeah, and Michael uh, killed himself and his family on December 31st, 2005, down in Florida. Um, Definitely a tragic case if you... Google this guy, you'll definitely see some articles about the Valley Killer uh, up in the Connecticut River Valley area, New Hampshire, Vermont. I guess it's not really publicly known how suspicious he is in all of the cases, Lance, but uh, as far as Michelle Ashley's disappearance goes, I think he's the only suspect, and uh, Michelle has never been located, and no one was ever charged in her disappearance, but uh, it's pretty clear that uh, she was met with foul play. And we get this information through various sources, and the one that we're currently looking at right now is from the Charlie Project, which goes on to describe how Michael displayed symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. He was a helicopter pilot in the Army during the Vietnam War, and apparently himself, along with other crewmen, were charged with murder and attempted murder for strafing civilians. The charges were dropped, though. So if that has any truth to it, and we know about his other moments of of violence and rage, then, yeah, as far as him in connection with Ashley's disappearance, it seems relatively likely that he had some hand in it. Right. Yeah, and and that is a crazy story, too, that the— Eight helicopter crewmen were charged with murder and attempted murder. Um, apparently, the charges were later dropped for insufficient evidence, I guess, which 
doesn't <laughs> surely doesn't mean uh, they were innocent. Um, just means that this probably happened in a different country and they didn't have evidence. However, Michael was released from active duty and sent home. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Please go to thecharlieproject.org and you can search Michelle Marie Ashley Nicolau, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-O-U. And it's one of the more lengthy uh, details of the disappearance, the write-up there. It's one of the more lengthy ones. And we will be covering that in Dark Valley and just real quick before we wrap it up, uh, I just want to say we went through this holiday weekend. We had yet another mass shooting that happened in a suburb outside of Chicago. And I don't think we say it enough, like personally, like we talk about these disappearances and cold cases and just horrible individuals doing horrible things. Just be good to one another. Everyone who's a, who's a, a listener of ours, a fan of ours, you're great people. You know, I'll make a, I'll make more of an effort to be good to my neighbors, to be good to people in the supermarket or wherever. So just, you know, maybe we could try to spread that a little more. Okay, and we'll be back on Thursday with the Tabitha Queen episode. All right, thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.